meeting is called to order. This is a continuation of the budget hearings. Um, roll call, please. President Here. Paulson? Here. Vice President Rivera? Here. Commissioner Jami? Here. Commissioner Maxwell? Commissioner Stacey? Here. You have a quorum? Thank you. Um, before I call the uh, the item and get this meeting started, I'd like to announce that the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission acknowledges that it owns and are stewards of the unceded lands located within the ethno-historic territory of the Muwekla Ohlone tribe and other familiar descendants of the historic, federally recognized Mission San Jose Verona Band of Alameda County. The SFPUC also recognizes that every citizen residing within the Greater Bay Area has and continues to benefit from the use and occupation of the Muwekwa Ohlone tribe's aboriginal lands since before and after the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's founding in 1932. It is vitally important that we not only recognize the history of the tribal lands on which we reside, but also we acknowledge and honor the fact that the Muwekwa Ohlone people have established a working partnership with the SFPUC and are productive and flourishing members within the greater San Francisco Bay Area communities today. I also have another announcement. Um, at the end of the January 23rd regular meeting, there was uh, an omission of reporting following the closed session. So I'd like to announce right now that the commission recommends that the Board of Supervisors approve the settlements referenced in agenda items number six, <clears throat> excuse me, 16 and 17 on the January 23rd agenda. So can we call the first and um, only uh, item? Uh, well, item number three is a summary of the budget hearing questions. Um, and we will... These were... So, so we will introduce. Oh, and can I'm, we have self-introductions? Let's start that way. I'm sorry, Mr. President, uh, the, the summary of budget hearing questions was distributed uh, uh, for discussion if the commission has any questions or we can move on to item number four, which is the wastewater enterprise. Got it. So, so uh, commissioners, are there any discussions or questions? Okay, and then uh, we will read. I, d I just wanted to say thank you for oh, answering sorry, the Kate. question very thoroughly. I had been uh, concerned about the loss of the school program and it was uh your response was Thanks. very helpful so thank you thank you commissioner stacy are there any other questions or comments item okay let's go to the next item item four is a wastewater enterprise fiscal year 20 <laughs> okay fiscal here we year are. 24 25 and fiscal year 25 26 operating and capital budgets and a 10-year capital plan Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Joel Prather. I am the Acting uh, Wastewater AGM. Can I have the slides, please? So we'll go over a quick agenda for today's presentation. Uh, we'll have an organizational overview, um, go over our operating budget requests, our capital budget planning, and then a Q&A session at the end. Overview of our system, uh, we operate and maintain three wastewater treatment plants, one wet weather facility, 28 individual pump stations, 1,900 miles of sewers and mains and laterals, and 216 and growing green infrastructure assets. We maintain 25,000 catch basins, um, 
to protect the health and public health and the environment, and then WDD processes approximately 60 million gallons per day of rare weather flows, and we have a maximum capacity of 565 million gallons a day. Our budget is divided up into a few different divisions. Um, we have some managers here today to represent those divisions. I'd like to introduce them. First off is uh, Elaine Leeming from our uh, administration division. She's the acting manager. Elaine. Uh, then uh, maintenance division, Mike Marvilla, acting manager for maintenance. Operations, George Engel. Uh, collection system, Linda Candelaria. And then engineering, uh, Brian Henderson. This, this slide shows a quick overview of our current fiscal year budget uses and the growth of those respective uses. Our budget is growing from 428 million in the current year to 525 million by year two of the budget. Overall, it's a 23% growth over two years. And we can see that the biggest drivers of growth will be in debt service shown in light blue and in capital projects which are shown in green. This is consistent with what we've already heard from Lauren Aaron on Monday about our key budget drivers. This slide is similar, but shows a more granular breakdown of the growth in numbers by line item. Again, we see operating capital program, the greatest driver. In addition, we have our new operating proposals listed here, which totaled 9.8 million over the two years. This is offset by 3.9 million salary savings for a net increase of 5.9 million overall. Budget request summary. This slide uh, summarizes all of our budget requests by division and by, by line item. Um, overall, the one-year total request is a 10.9 increase. And then the two years, another 10.6 for a total of 22.7 increase total for end of fiscal year, for over fiscal year 23-24. Next, we'll go into our operating budget. Uh, this slide provides a quick overview of our current fiscal year budget. And we want to note here is that as we go through our new proposals today, you'll see that these requests are in labor, non-personnel services, and material and supplies. And while they, while they are important to fulfilling our mission, they are not the, the largest drivers of our current budget. So by now, we've seen this iteration, uh, seen an iteration of these um, budget priorities in a few different presentations. Uh, at WWE, we initiated our budget programming process last year. We kept these priorities in mind as we reviewed and refined potential new, repo new proposals. In the spirit of affordability, we looked internally to reallocate funds and realign resources whenever possible. Uh, a number of proposals were not necessarily rejected, but were instead able to find funding or different light items or work collaboratively amongst our teams to move initiatives forward or find funding or different light item or work collaboratively to move initiatives forward at a net neutral cost. Sorry. We also worked closely with our finance team to develop affordability, an affordability policy and did our best to move and defer projects to meet that affordability target. Practicing responsible management of our facilities, our staff, the communities we operate in, and the environment and trust in our care is at the core of what we do. We invested our staff in our staff by building up our in-house resources to move hiring along, realigning our work teams, increasing retention as best we can, and working towards building transparent promotional paths throughout our divisions. We're proud to invest in the community by supporting the operation and maintenance of our Southeast Community Center, and we work collaboratively with the external affairs partners to be the best neighbors that we can. You'll see that we're proposing significant investments to ensure that we can continue to maintain the high performance of our facilities and provide the reliable service that our rate payers expect. In order to maintain this standing, we will need to adapt to a changing economic market, a changing climate, and new regulatory compliance requirements. 
finally, as we move through these slides uh, for new proposal, you'll see a footer um, highlighting the priorities that relate to our specific requests. This slide is a summary of our total position requests. So new positions, we're requesting 10 total, uh, with four of those being, and then four additional temporary to permanent, 10 new positions, four additional temporary to permanent in the first year, and then uh, six new positions in the second year. As I noted earlier, we made a significant effort to use what we have, so we tried to minimize the financial impact of our new proposals. We actually have a total of 28 substitutions in our proposed budget. Many of those substitutions had a zero net impact on the budget or were minimal and absorbed within our existing operating uh, budgets by realigning funds or resources, so you will not see those positions reflected in the proposals today. What you will see are a handful of requests that are either an entirely new position, a substitution that does have a significant financial impact, or a temporary to permanent transition. So from there, we will get into our proposals. The first one is in the admin division, and this is a work order increase for our risk management um, work order. Due to the difficulties and losses in the California insurance market, our insurance costs are expected to increase by 25 to 30% in future years. And we are requesting an increase of 25% in each year of our budget cycle. And this is consistent across all enterprises. Also in our administration division, we have two uh, temp to perm 1406 senior clerks. These two temp to perm positions will add support for our admin group and our departmental personnel liaison group, which is also known as our DPL group. We've recently been building this DPL group, and this is important when we talk about putting together hiring plans, onboarding, retention, and performance management at the enterprise level. This group works closely with the hiring managers to ensure that we stay on top of our responsibilities at the enterprise level in these areas, such as putting together supplemental questions for exams, practical exams, and interview questions. Also, when we're talking about performing job class analysis, which can include things like modifying the job classes, updating key areas of responsibility, or the minimum qualifications, it's the DPL group that works closely with our managers our, our contacts, our, and our contacts at SFPUC, HRS, and the DHR teams. Another request for our admin division is to fund uh, our, particip our participation in the UC Berkeley Center for Smart Infrastructure. Uh, this is where we will partner with UC Berkeley for the Center of Smart Infrastructure to share research, best practices, and emerging technologies, and data management of water and wastewater operations. We've committed $1 million to support this effort, and it will be shared evenly by water and wastewater uh, at $500,000 each spread over four years. Next, we'll move on to our Plan and Regulatory Compliance Division. And I think I just realized that I forgot to introduce my two planning and regulatory compliance managers, which are uh, Amy Chastain and um, Sarah Minnick, who are here. So they may be speaking to some of these later, too. Um, so their first, their first request is for the Mission and Islias Channel uh, sedimentation investigations. In June of 2023, our regional board issued us an, an enforceable order requiring SFPUC to characterize the following. Sedimentation con sediment contamination in uh, these two channels, the potential for wet weather discharges to contribute to sediment con contamination, and to propose appropriate remediation actions if the characterization determines that the remediation is appropriate. So this funding will support those efforts. 
The next request or proposal for green infrastructure and PRC is for residential green infrastructure grant program. In July of 2023, we launched a pilot residential green infrastructure grant program to support a successful rollout of the stormwater charge by offering an incentive program for rate payers to lower bills through a stormwater credit. This effort of scaling up green infrastructure in our city also reduces the volume of stormwater entering the combined sewer system and provides public benefit. The pilot program is on schedule for completion by August of 2024 and has a total budget of $300,000 currently for approximately eight to 10 residential projects. The program administration costs interest to cover to cover program administration costs. Interest in the program has far outpaced the pilot program. Funding and approximately 300 residents from across the city have expressed interest to date. Now, this budget request will fund program administration and grant payments that will allow the WD to expand the residential green infrastructure grant program to meet demand from ratepayers. The next uh, proposal we have is some position additions to our uh, urban watershed planning division. Uh, the 5602 utility specialist and 56 utility, 5601 utility analyst will support our growing green infrastructure development portfolio. Uh, they will work with the capital plan on green infrastructure goals to manage 65 acres of impervious surface using capital projects and green infrastructure grants over the next 10 years. Uh, these staff will work to identify multi-benefit multi-partner green infrastructure projects and take them through the planning phase. They'll work collaboratively with our partners on the infrastructure side to move selected projects forward through construction and delivery. Now, we'll talk about the additional funding for this effort later in our capital presentation. Regarding the new management position, our urban watershed planning division has grown from a, from a group tasked primarily with green infrastructure plans, regulations, and programs to one which has taken on flood resilience, coordination with other agencies on multi-benefit climate resilience efforts, and added green infrastructure planning, inspection, and grant program administration functions. The result is a larger and more diverse uh, set of subgroups and classifications that require a higher level manager to lead. This position will provide equity across divisions and provide a clear path of promotion within this uh, urban watershed planning division. Uh, next, we'll move on to our Southeast Community Center. Uh, this is, as we all know, WWE supports our Southeast Community Center as a part of our annual budget. Our current operating budget for the center is $2.8 million annually. Uh, we cannot be more proud of the new center at 1550 Evans and the fantastic city staff who worked there to represent us through direct interaction with the community, Southeast community. We also support the center with dedicated maintenance staff and we pay for the operations staff at this center through our WWA budget as part of our overall salaries line, but those operations staff uh, report to our partners external affairs, so we work collaboratively, collaboratively with that group to bring these next two proposals to you. The first proposal is for, for substitutions. Um, currently a Southeast Community Center, which opened in uh, October of 2022, utilizes four category 16 temporary uh, 9220 or 9222 class positions to serve as event monitors. These positions are limited to 1,040 hours per year and do not include benefits. The center has found itself short-staffed without adequate coverage as these individuals move on to full-time classifications in other city departments. Uh, now that the city has, now the center has experienced close to a full, a full year of operation and more stability and more stable um, personnel group is needed to ensure that we have the amount of staff coverage for the anticipated 1,000 events that we will see in the second year of operations. 
Um, and you'll also remember that we just recently approved a rates package for the events at the center. And these, these positions will directly support those events. The assistant, recreation facilities assistant is a more appropriate classification to recruit a qualified pool of event support as the job description more directly aligns with the du duties of the center. In addition, we are proposing two temp to perm positions to support the community center executive director. Uh, these will work close, closely with the leadership team supporting administrative tasks, internal and stakeholder, um, internal and external stakeholders, and they will help us meet our strategic goals within the community. Obviously, this is a long-term facility, and we need permanent positions to fill this facility. The next proposal is to continue to fund the access program at the Southeast Community Center. This program provides laptops and iPads uh, to community members that can reserve and check out while they, they can reserve and check out while on site. Ensures access to essential digital tools for education, job search, and communication. And it removes the barrier of technology access, bridging the digital divide that dis disproportionately affects underserved communities. Uh, this program has been in place now for the past two years and has been funded um, through ADVACS. So our proposal is to continue the funding as we move forward. The professional service funding portion is work order to the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development and is currently administered by the nonprofit Five Keys Education Programs, Education and Programs. Uh, through this core program at our Southeast Community Center, we support advancing racial justice by centering our agency's programs, resources, allocations on racial and social equity, both as a regional employer as well as a service provider to the community. Uh, from here, we'll move on to uh, maintenance. The first request is for an additional green infrastructure maintenance crew. As I mentioned earlier briefly, we've had an increase in green infrastructure assets, GI assets, in the past couple of years, and we will continue to grow. Um, we also have a wider spatial distribution of these assets and increased variability in size, type, and complexity. This proposal will add a GI maintenance manager, a GI crew supervisor, and four gardeners, which would allow this allow the WD to WWE to proactively address deferred maintenance and maintain new G GI assets. This will essentially double the size of our current field crews and add a second level manager to oversee the crews, uh, plan and manage their activity, and work closely with our urban watershed team as new GI assets are accepted by our in-house maintenance team. This will allow us to continue to proactively address maintenance as we bring on new responsibilities, both through our redevelopment and built through our capital plan. We have new GI capital projects in the pipeline currently, which includes over $100 million worth of new GI assets over the next 10 years. This program has been developed for most new GI assets to be built and then maintained for a short period of time by outside contractors before being turned over us to our in-house staff for the remaining life of the assets. The next request is for additional gardeners for our non-green infrastructure gardening crew. Um, this is to bolster the citywide gardening crew, which takes care of all of our facilities uh, that do not have green infrastructure landscaping at them. The city, this crew has an increased workload from pump station and other treatment facility rehab projects, which have generally resulted in a much more appealing public green interface than those designed in the past. Uh, this crew, along with our labor staff, is also the primary responders when we have encroachment or dumping due to neighborhood conditions at some of our facilities. Uh, we found that regular maintenance at these green spaces at our facilities helps to mitigate those types of issues.
Moving on to our operations division. Uh, this first proposal is uh, to increase the maintenance and materials supplies, um, mainly supporting the chemicals that we use in our operations. The overall cost increase for all chemicals used in our treatment process has increased by over 52% uh, since fiscal year 21-22, with sodium hypochloride being, uh, in particular, being the highest price, the highest increase at 146% during that time. We've actually been able, at, at Wastewater, we've actually been able to absorb these cost increases over that uh, for the last couple of budgets due to process changes, overall demands, and carry forwards. But we're at a point now where we anticipate that we will no longer be able to cover these rising costs. Uh, this is an industry-wide issue, and our partners on the water side are seeing similar uh, challenges. Our next um, request is for uh, operations again. This is to increase non-personnel services for sludge removal. So another result of the changing economy that's having an adverse effect on our budget is sludge transportation, processing, and management costs. We have multiple contracts which go beyond our current fiscal year for this service, and we are anticipating cost overruns. So we are requesting additional funds to ensure that we can cover this critical service. Another uh, increase that we're looking for our, at our, in our operations division is an increase in labor and fringe. Um, this is to account for unscheduled overtime. The, um, and additionally, um, we're also asking for this increase in maintenance and sewer operations budgets, but those, uh, the increases there were able to be absorbed within the budget, so you don't see a new request for those. Um, but the intent is to avoid a mid-cycle budget supplemental request, which we have consistently had to make over the past few budget cycles to avoid cost overruns in our overtime budget. The increases across the three divisions range between 25 and 30% based on past overages in the respective OT lines. And uh, for this current fiscal year that we're in now, we've just confirmed with finance uh, that WWE will be requesting a $600,000 supplement allocation for this current fiscal year. So this is to avoid those allocations in the future. Our next request is for a work order increase uh, for the Natural Resources Land Management Marine Biology Division. Um, this, and these increased funds will are needed for on-call support during discharge-specific wet weather, shoreline monitoring and posting, as well as needed supplies, permits, and certifications. Uh, this position up until now has been a CAT 18 in the water, on the water side, uh, but is proposed to become permanent to cover new permit and regulatory requirements. So this is, will be considered an attempt to perm in water's budget that WWE will be funding. Okay, moving on to our collection division. Uh, this request is for three new positions. Uh, first is the 7262 maintenance planner, which helps with asset management to fill, fulfill new California State Water Board uh, regulation obligations. Next one is a 5602 uh, utility analyst, and that, that position will work, on our, will work as the laterals permit manager and will formalize our sewer lateral program um, with DPW and other state departments. And then finally, a chemist who will support upgrading the pretreatment information or PIM system software and help with increased sampling activities within the division. And finally, our last um, new proposal of the operating budget is for our lab. And this is for four new positions, um, two 
business analysts who will use to provide limb development to ensure external regulatory um, agencies such as EPA or Water Board have the data reporting requirements that are met. And they will also provide uh, training and LIMS communication support for internal WWE division client, base, client databases. The two additional chemists are needed to implement new lab regulatory requirements and updated testing requirements to meet external regulatory agencies. Uh, needs the requirements will be to ensure that the laboratory certification is maintained. This will ensure that the new NPDS permit specifications can be met by the treatment plants. And so that uh, concludes our operating budget, and that's uh, roughly about half of our um, presentation. And um, if if we can either move on to the capital present part, part, the capital part of the presentation now, or we could stop and so address questions on the operator operating side now, first. Or should we continue with the whole? Um, yeah. Shall we continue? Any questions? Yeah, I think it would be good to ask questions. Sorry. It would be good to ask questions. Okay. So let's uh, open it up to questions now, starting with Commissioner Jami. Before okay. we move on, thank you. Thank you for your presentation. I think. Um, I made a few notes when I was reading through this. I'm not sure if this is like, okay, here we go. Um, what, when I look at your, um, all the position requests, a lot of them actually are uh, very much uh, tries to, an effort to respond to our emerging challenges, especially climate change, right? You need more material and supplies. You need more people to deal with more regulatory uh, requirements, which most of them are because of climate change challenges we are facing, yeah. even though we are not necessarily tagging them that way, but that's what's going on. So, um, And then when I look at the priorities for us in that the first slide that we have, mm -hmm. climate change is only a bullet as part of the list of things we have to deal with. And I brought this up last meeting too, and the meeting before that, then we talked about our um, sort of a glimpse into the budget process. We really do need to pull this out as a lens through which we look at everything because it is impacting every single one of those items you have in the list, right? Agreed. So something to, th especially for you guys, because you're dealing with the, uh, like the back end of everything that's happening from, you know, major events that needs responding to, to the fact that you have to deal with all these new, more stringent regulatory requirements to dealing with the aging infrastructure, dealing with actually the uh, decrease in water use, which is impacting your flows and also operational capacity. So these are all, like some of them, it has already emerged, so you're dealing with it, so responding, and some of them are actually, is going to become worse and worse. So, yeah. um, so I think the reason I'm saying this is, I think the way, the lens we are proposing these right now are very uh, siloed, right? You are looking at your operational process and looking at every process and say, and telling me, this is what you need for this process. This is what you need for this process. But I think it would be good to pull these out and look at them in a different bucket, like bucket them in a different way to be able to kind of capture how much of this is really dealing with some of the emerging issues we are dealing with right now, and what are the different things we have to do to deal with. 
um, to hand, handle this. Another item I noted is insurance. You brought up the cost of insurance. Mm -hmm. Majority of that, as you know, has, has to do with the impacts of yeah. climate disasters we are mm -hmm. experiencing, right? Like, that's another item. Um, so my suggestion is, obviously, we are going through this. I brought this up last time, too. We somehow need to be able to account what vulnerabilities do we have and how do we need to address this as an institution and how much more this is costing us and going to cost us in the future. Because, for example, the insurance issue is not going to go away. You might find a solution this year. I'm not sure in five years if we have like 10 more disasters and a few other insurance companies pull out, yeah. where are we going to be, right? Um, so that's the first thing I want to say. Second thing is um, I wanted to go back to the research money that you are putting to U for UC Berkeley. Fantastic. I'm surprised that Mr. Ritchie did not fight st harder for Stanford, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> um, I made the commitment to Berkeley irrespective of his allegiances. That, that requires a real, real commitment. Um, so uh, joking aside, um, I think that's, that's fantastic. That's excellent. One thing I've uh, spoken to Mr. Herro about, um, about this resource that we are putting in is you have to be a lot more um, involved in what do you want out of this money. Um, and you know, being on the other side and knowing how these things work, sometimes they can be put in things that you do not necessarily might not be the emerging issue that you really need to be dealt with. And this is a, uh, I, know, I know this collaborative, it's excellent, but a lot of it is focused on, um, on things that might not be necessarily right now top of mind, mm -hmm. but they, are, they do have capacity to do more. Mm -hmm. So being more involved is very important. We are going to be very involved. Okay, fantastic. We actually are going to be um, participating as mentors, teachers involved. It's not just, I'm not just giving the money and right. that's it. We are going to be actively involved with our staff to make sure that this is, um, what is being looked at is yes. um, What research relevant, questions are going to be answered? Like relevant what for, for our agency as well as... Absolutely, um, the Bay Area. Yeah, I mean, you brought up, we, we talked about nutrient management, right? Big yep. part of your program. They actually have a lot of um, skilled uh, faculty in that area. You know, I would say come up with a list of questions you have, go to them and say, I, we would like to be, these are the questions we have, we are committing these resources, but we want to see what are the innovative solutions you have? Um, and I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but I just, you know, because I'm on the other side, not uh, for this, but generally yeah. speaking, if you just give the money in, um, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they answer questions that might not be important to you. So yeah, thank you. as part of that, you brought up smart infrastructure and data, and I think that very well ties to uh, Mr. Minnick's, uh, Ms. Minnick's uh, efforts around green infrastructure mm -hmm. and stormwater management, we really do need to deal with data gathering with green infrastructure. Um, you have a f number of items that we're uh, talking about green infrastructure and what we need to do with mm -hmm. that. I would say you probably need a little bit more resources on the, and maybe you already accounted for this, but data and um, 
modeling that's needed for green infrastructure beyond just hiring uh, uh, operation and maintenance staff, right? So um, we have talked about this before. Um, so I, I feel I, you're trying yeah. to say something. But we, yeah, we are adding additional staff actually on the urban watershed team as well as the field staff. So yeah, it's, okay. it's well noted. And yeah. we are, we're trying to build that program as much as we can. Fantastic, that's, that's super important. Um, and then one um, other question I have is, since I stated all these things as comments, and I will give you a chance to answer every one of them, but um, for, um, for our 5050 Evans building, uh, you brought up a lot of positions that needs to be hired to manage um, that facility, which is fantastic because we wanted to make sure that stays um, in the best shape possible. In a few meetings back, we had a discussion about renting this space to um, community members, and we had pricing, and there was a discussion about the cost that's coming in and what's going to happen to it. I'm assuming these two are connected, like some yes. of that money is going to yeah. go into... Yeah, that. so right. I can answer that directly if you'd like. Um, those That money from those rentals of the spaces and these staff will support those events directly. That money that's generated there goes back into our general fund, or our, not our general fund, our um, fund balance. Thank you. <laughs> the, the general revenue fund for wastewater. And then from that general revenue fund, we fund all of our different programs, which Southeast Merit is a line in, in our admin budget. And so, yeah. But it, it's good it's to not, see them all together yeah. because I remember last time when we were talking about that, both. Uh, uh, Commissioner Maxwell and I had the question of what if this is more than cost of operation? What happens to the money? But now that I see the cost of operating it, I'm like, we might actually <laughs> need probably pull a lot more, yeah. Yeah. To be able, which, which is fine. But yeah. it's important to kind of be able to make these connections mm -hmm. um, and um, and be able to kind of see how, where we are in that, in, if you look at the balance in that, in this other way. Yeah, that's something we're, um, we're definitely going to track. Yeah. So, Anyway, those are my comments, and some of them are actually, like the whole climate change thing. I don't know how to solve that problem right now, but I do really want to encourage every one of you to go back, and maybe we can have this discussion at the last meeting we have. I know you have a lot of specific line items beyond what you presented to us on the capital investment, that some of them are going to be related to um, that, mm -hmm. and um, being able to see it all together, sort of like, this is how much is costing us this thing, so we have to think about it more strategically is important. Um, I also bring, brought this up last time with the rate setting process. You guys are at the end of, the receiving end of a lot of that issue. Um, so the question is, uh, the debt to revenue ratio, how is it going to go play out based on what's going to happen with um, with the way we are operating or the way we uh, people use water. Um, so somehow we need to have that discussion too. So maybe I'll put this in your on your um, sort of um, task list of going back and rethinking um, what are the different risks you are dealing with if we think about changing water use, therefore changing revenue for uh, wastewater and the fact that your operational cost is in no way or form is decreasing, is actually significantly increasing, right? Yes, yes. Um, and the fact that, you know, 
Uh, we have, I know the recycling projects are all falling under the water side, but in many ways are impacting your operation as well, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of like where, is, where are those connections? Mm -hmm. um, so it would be good to kind of maybe sit back and rebucket these that way just to make sure you have multiple lens through which you're looking at this. Yeah, no, I, I agree that makes, that, I agree and concur with that. Um, it, climate change does affect us directly as, as at the wastewater enterprise, and we're going to get into a little bit in the, in the capital program as well because there's some large projects and there with some big numbers. Um, but but you're right, um, we have to readdress that. And we are we work actively with our finance group to address those issues. So. Commissioner Maxwell. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was wondering, you, you mentioned that there were, for your green inf residential green infrastructure grant program, that, that you have um, eight to ten projects with this amount of money that you go through, but you had 300 applicants. Um, and I missed, I believe you said you were looking at more money, but I, I kind of missed. So the request is for more, more money to take this, what is now a pilot program, and move it forward in perpetuity. That's what their quest is for, so we can help address those additional 300 or and growing requests. Yeah, and I think, as been mentioned, you're going to see even more because of climate change, and so that's yeah. part of our front line um, are the residents and the people that we that we serve. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. And then the other was uh, overtime. So what's the process? When do you decide that we're going to stop working? the people that we have to death, and, and hire uh, another employee. How does, how does that work? Because, again, because of climate change, this is not going to be, this is going to be happening more often. Um, yeah, so mm -hmm. as you've seen in um, the HR presentations, we do have a high vacancy rate. Um, we're doing everything we can to get those positions filled, even at the enterprise level, so that they're okay. prepped and ready to go at the HRS level. One thing that's uh, a little unique about wastewater is we have a very diversified job class makeup. And so, you know, when we're talking about city exams, you may pick up two or three employees on one exam, but you're waiting for another exam to pick up another two and three employees. So it's not like you can just do one wholesale grab. Although we have the 7372, which a lot of folks have talked about. Um, we've, we routinely exhaust those lists, though, without filling out all, all of the positions because there's, it's the environment. We need to have a more proactive um, recruiting methods, I think. Okay, so you're working on filling some more positions. We're constantly And you're only on doing the overtime because you kind of have to at this point. Because it says minimum well, staff. Yeah, so part of it is um, minimum staffing. The other part of it is the wet weather events that we're seeing. Um, they're significant, and we need to respond to those. Um, and that's really what's driving back to your point on climate change. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. yes. So there's minimum staffing at certain facilities because like in our operations division, they only come online during wet weather, so those need to be staffed. Um, but outside of that, so it's not, um, it's stormwater response to various issues without you know, within Okay, the so some of this is due to your um, employee, not having enough employees, and you're working on that. Some of it is, yes. So it depends on which division, but specifically the operations division mm -hmm. is, has minimum staffing requirements. So yes, that one in particular is dealing with vacancies. Okay. All right. Thank you. Stacy. Uh, thank you. I want to say first, thank you for incredibly clear and complete materials. Uh, it 
just really followed logically for me, and I was jotting down questions as I went through. And then after I went through all of the appendices, all of my questions were answered. So I have a few comments, though. And um, I, I want to circle back to um, Commissioner Maxwell's comment about labor. I think the wastewater enterprise does seem like an incredibly complicated uh, enterprise with all kinds of different functions and therefore all kinds of different staff. Um, which is why I also appreciated the clarity of your materials. Um, we get emails all the time uh, when there are wet water, wet weather events. Um, I picture people out there in the dead of night um, really working to address these emergencies. I don't, I, I will guess that probably part of the job description includes that kind of emergency response that everybody has to take a turn. But I feel really keenly that um, it, we should re focus on our on hiring and filling those positions because I, I just worry all the time about burnout for really dedicated employees. I also wanted to um, really endorse the Center for Smart Infrastructure um, investment. I thought when I read through the appendix that SFPUC would really have a, a place at the table. It sounded like a very collaborative, ongoing effort of all the agencies around the Bay, which just seems like an incredibly important effort and very informative. Uh, I'll be really interested to hear reports. I kind of wish I could sit in the room and just listen um, because I think it will be useful for all of the agencies and also to have that opportunity to collaborate. Um, I also really wanted to appreciate um, what you did with a couple of the positions at the Southeast Community Center, um, the recreation facility um, positions where you eliminated some of the educational requirements that you didn't think were essential to the um, functions. And I think that's something that the commission has really asked HR and the department to review, and so I was really pleased to see that in your materials, that you're looking hard at those positions and thinking about how to increase access. And the focus in the Southeast Community Center seemed also to be able to hire locally, and I thought that was a really positive um, uh, development, and I hope that the department generally continues to do that to try to yeah. make the access easier. We, we, yeah, we do that by um, you know, substituting positions, but we also do that by looking at minimum qualifications of existing classes and working with DHR to change those. So that's an active effort that we're trying to do across all, all positions, well, not all yeah. positions do that, but a multitude of positions within the division. That's great. And finally, I just, uh, I'm also really interested in the sedimentation analysis that you're going to do of the two channels. I'd love to hear a report back on that as well. It's um, probably long overdue. And finally, I will just, um, echo Commissioner um, Ajami's concern about uh, the incredible effect that the, the climate change and the, and the climate crisis will have on our wastewater system and that it just feels very much like we're going to be pushed more and more um, with weather events and temperature changes and different uh, issues in the Bay and that we're going to see a constant um, elevated uh, need for uh, finances, creative thinking, creative solutions, and uh, I, 
it's a concern for the future and for our future budget. And I, I know that you and your staff and the whole department really is focusing on those issues, but it's a, it's an ongoing worry. Yeah, I'm noted. I concur with that. Commissioner Stacy, if I yes, might, and yes. to Commissioner John, both. Um, your comments about um, climate change and our need to look at it through that lens is something that we are acutely aware of. And if you go back and look at the broad overview, that um, setting the whole lens of how we approach this budget, okay, if when we talk about a utility of the future and investing where it matters, we t the t top two things that we talk about are resilience and climate change and environmental stewardship. And that was to do precisely what you, are, what you alluded to, was to look at how we're investing our money through that lens. Just as I said that the racial equity is a part of the formal part of the budget process and how we're looking at it, if you look at how we developed, how we're looking at everything here, the top two things are resilience and climate change and environmental stewardship. So for us, they're not just a bullet. They are how we look at this entire budget. And that's why I, we have these as our two top priorities when we talk about how we're investing our money. I think that it is uh, perfectly um, appropriate when we get to the end of this process. To, to, one thing that we, I think we probably can do is tally up the aggregate dollar amount as it were, that we can, that we're devoting to that issue. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and, and we're happy to do that. But in terms of talking about um, the lens, this is something that we are acutely aware of, and that's why we prioritize it this way in the budget. But I do think that you're, both of your um, comments and suggestions are um, exactly on point. And, and I certainly, I make the comments not because I think the department isn't aware of them, but it, it's just such a, um, strong influence on our budget and everything we do in all three divisions, wastewater, water, and energy. And I, I, I see in your, in your budget and some of the capital projects even that um, we're, we are really focusing on it. It's but I think that we probably can come up with a way to sort of aggregate the dollar amount of what we're doing oh, that's that, devoted. Yeah, that would be interesting, yeah. Um, uh, Can I make a quick? Oh, comment? sure. Go ahead. You don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, I think one thing I would say is I hear you, but I would say probably you need to add every single line item, and get that answer. Just because it's not just impacting um, where we invest; it also impacts your racial equity issues. It's going to impact affordability very seriously. It basically, literally every bullet point you have here is impacted by that. So, um, and I think that's why I think it's important to kind of maybe pull it out, not because, um, I'm, I'm not saying you're not looking at it, I'm just saying it is important to know this is like this, we are, yes, we are slipping slowly down, but there is a cliff so we need to kind of be aware of that in a process. So that's why I think that lens is important. And this is not by any means a criticism that you guys are not thinking about it. Obviously, everybody is thinking about it. It's just like it basically every line item you have is impacted by it, right? So it's kind of like a little bit more um, dominant in your process versus a lot of other things that you're talking about. Sure, it, it's already a, a major budget issue, yeah. um, and will continue to be and, and grow. 
uh, no doubt about that. I think that's it. I just, uh, I really appreciated the materials and uh, just the diversity of activity within the wastewater enterprise. It's a fascinating and complicated division. So thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Rivera. Um, thank you, President Paulson. I just wanted to mention um, a lot of my comments were kind of already uh, gone through by the other commissioners, but um, great presentation. I don't want to cause any animosity with the other divisions, but this was a really great uh, and well put together, and it was um, really uh, uh, self-explanatory. I had the same thing as I, I had little questions. They answered themselves as I went through. Um, and I just wanted also to mention what... Um, something that uh, Commissioner uh, Maxwell had talked about was the residential green infrastructure program, which I think is absolutely great that we're, um, uh, you know, supporting that and um, uh, specifically, you know, assisting residents with stormwater uh, recycling, et cetera. And I just wanted to know, is there a potential for increasing this program in the future and then maybe any other uh, programs that will engage our residents because you know when you have the buy-in from the residents it really um, uh, uh, helps to underscore you know what we're trying to achieve and I, I just think it's great uh, including them so would you like to comment on that yeah no definitely this this uh, what we're requesting today is approval to move this program forward with the next two years and this is what we anticipate we'll cover that um, but the, the intent is to keep growing the program as much as we can. This really benefits the city at large. It benefits uh, wastewater and, and specifically too. And so, and like you said, the, 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 the rebate on the storm, the stormwater credit that, that residents receive is also very important. So yeah, the, the intent is to grow the program in perpetuity. So I also, um, Joel, thank you um, so far for everything we've seen and, and the way you've organized everything. I agree with the sentiments of some of the others in their comments and want to echo that. Um, it's, it's pretty clear that um, you're looking at this very nimbly and there are lots of... Um, um, there are I think your microphone is not on, so... Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, thank you. Um, so I, it's clear that you know, you're very nimble and, you know, again, I know these are bullet points and, and they're meant to be because we'd be here all day if, if not, but um, it's clear that you're very nimble, not just with long-term climate change, but with short-term because that's the nature of the interest of the industry. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I do have a couple of questions, kind of follow up in context on the same thing that other commissioners have said. One is very specific. Um, I do note that, you know, that as others have, that you are putting more resources into programs and staffing and the community at the Southeast Community Center. But one thing just sort of stuck out because you, you mentioned it and it was in the bullets, and that is that some of the positions were definitely, you know, 1,040 hours, you know, basically part-time positions. And then you very um, specifically, it wasn't a bullet, said no benefits. And I understand that's a temporary position. Anytime, I think a lot of people, anytime temporary positions are put together, the, the flags go up immediately. Immediately. And I'm not raising a flag. I'm just hoping that this is not just going to be a, a, a pass-through position that the intent is and, um, and you know where I'm going on this, that yeah. this is going to be an entry position with opportunity yeah. at the end of the line as maybe part of the job description when people come in. So it's not just like, let's get people in and, you know, who cares what happens next. Can I, can I clarify that? I'm sorry. I may, may not have been clear in my slide, but we're actually eliminating those temporary positions and we're replacing them with permanent positions. 
Well, I saw some of those that are, but you did definitely say that there's new positions. If I maybe uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that there are ten th that are a thousand and they're temporary. No. they have no benefits. You no, said no, no, that. no, no, no. Those I, that's the it's the opposite. Is what Joel just said. Yeah, we're replacing the, the permanent. We, that's currently we I have saw those the movement part. I, I thought there was something else. We currently there. we're currently staffed with those CAT 16 positions. What our proposal today is to move those, get rid of the CAT 16, the temporary 1040 hours, Got it. replace them with permanent civil service jobs. Got That's it. the request. Okay. So for. that was clarified. Thank you. It, it wasn't to me. I'm sorry. It was, wasn't clear to me. My second piece is it, looking at the overtime. Uh, my first comment when you mentioned that the 338, you know, thousand dollars that you're putting in there. I was. I, I looked at this and tell me if I'm wrong. That that in particular is is that we have needed this money for emergency and for and for um, flexibility type of issues before and and because you looked at it and it was a particular number that maybe went over budget that you're identifying this now in advance and that this is different than um, what other commissioners have talked about you know we do have you know vacancies and therefore we need the overtime this is not for that um, this is this is for listen all of a sudden something happens and we need other things that move forward and you've done some analysis as to what that means so therefore you can budget ahead of time because the whole thing is why are you throwing out all this overtime when we have extra people out there well there are reasons why people have mm -hmm. overtime there are i'm sure you have some people there that are sick of overtime you know they have a full-time position and my god i you know i'd like to go home and spend some time with my family but i got me working saturday and sundays and that's why i'm making a whole buttload of money but i don't want the money it's the quality of time Correct me or tell me that that $338,000 is for that bucket. That's not because of lack of, um, because of vacancies. Specifically what the, the money is for is to supplement our overtime budget line. Traditionally over the past few years, we've overextended our overtime budget lines. And so we, amongst those three divisions consistently, we've overextended them. Um, and so our ask there is to Put money into those lines so we don't have to go for that appropriation at the, the, the supplemental appropriation great you answered my question and i think that's all i have for now and unless the commissioners have any more comments um, we're ready for you to continue thank you okay can i have the slides again please okay so now we will get into our capital budget uh, quick agenda overview. Uh, we'll start with the uh, development process. We'll move on to the financial summary and then talk about a couple new major projects and then uh, review some key projects that are currently underway. So when we started this uh, planning process for the budget, um, we engaged all WWE divisions. The goal is to take a holistic approach to identifying all known issues that required capital attention. This effort produced a long list of potential projects with some, very, some with very high price tags. Uh, we then went through a process to prioritize these potential projects based on project drivers and condition and criticality information when we had it available. Our intent with this effort was to be transparent in our planning process. Uh, we knew that we could not fit every potential project into the 10-year window, but rather we needed to show a long-term investment strategy. This was in order to maintain our standards of reliable infrastructure uh, for, for water quality and to accurately project future costs in our rate study to the best of, of our professional ability. In the next few slides, we will uh, look at our strategy for this process and then we'll focus on the handful of projects. 
First, we'll talk about our project drivers. Uh, the first one being operational reliability, how facilities should be able to operate, treat, store, and convey wastewater um, without, in, without interruption in accordance with good management practices. Systemic seismic reliability, dry weather flows should be managed to protect public health and safety and primary treatment within disinfection should be online within 72 hours of a major earthquake. And health and safety, um, in accordance with SFPUC, health and safety, WWE employee health and safety programs and Cal OSHA requirements, uh, the WWE's physical security and WWE's physical security guidelines, uh, the work environment should be safe for workers and assets in the public rights of way should be safe and secure. And finally, stormwater management. Um, we should control and manage flows from a storm with three hour, three hour duration that delivers 1.3 inches of rain or also known as the five year storm. By prioritizing these drivers, we hope to safeguard San Francisco, continuously improve and plan strategically to adapt to the ever-evolving needs and challenges. Uh, these project drivers help our enterprise align with SFPUC's overall agency goals of affordability, responsible management, and proposing investments where it matters. So all of our projects are an integral part of our never-ending um, asset life cycle. This slide reflects the ever-evolving appreciation for our asset management. Um, SFPC has adopted the asset management policy and WWE has begun using the asset management approach throughout the entire operation. It's not a linear process uh, with a beginning, middle, or end. It's more of a circle of life where there are more than 10,000 10, individual assets in our system. Uh, there's always a connection from the beginning to the end, from planning to delivery to commissioning and then to the O&M. I will come to our capital planning strategy. Um, what I can see here is kind of what I alluded to earlier, which today we have the capital budget. It's the two-year budget we're approving. We have the 10-year capital plan, also approving, but then we have the 20-year plan horizon, which is outside of that 10-year plan. Um, it reflects our long-term vision and our holistic approach to be transparent with our known needs throughout our system for generations to come. The near-term projects are well-defined. This is what we'll see in our 10-year plan. Some projects will start in the 10-year plan, though, and go beyond our 20-year planning horizon and are not yet as detailed. The intent is to document and show our plans for both near and longer-term capital projects. The farther out in time things go, the less certainty we have um, about a given project or capital need. What we do is show our best professional estimates on those projects, given the information and forecasts we have today. Having this broad understanding of the financial horizon over the 20 years helps us transparently request funding for projects while also minimizing the impacts on the rate increases to the extent that we can. Okay, now that we've uh, talked about how we got here, let's look at some of the financial numbers. Um, we've seen this bottom row, the dark blue row of numbers uh, previously in the finance presentation earlier this week. Um, but this gives a further breakdown. So we have our different programs in SSIP, R&R, or repair and replacement, renewal and replacement, and then Treasure Island specifically, and then general wastewater facilities and infrastructure upgrades. Uh, 
This next slide shows an appropriation of our 10-year uh, capital plan. And so I'm gonna highlight a few specific groups here. Uh, the first one is the bottom group, the renewal and state of good repair investments. This includes R&R collections, R&R treatment, and then uh, good repair capital projects. We'll note that this is a fairly steady rate of renewal, averaging close to $30 million a year, $300 million a year, sorry. Um, and represents the recurrent investment and consistent replacement of assets at a manageable level. Excuse me, it would be very nice if we could fit everything into this box, but as we know, we can't. So the next box we have is um, BDFP, Folsom and Lower Alamany projects. These encompass the uh, first four years of the 10-year plan. These are critical one-time investments, but they're significant numbers, as we can see, and they will actually fall off this 10-year plan um, within a few fiscal years. The next significant investment that we're proposing, again, in our 10-year plan is nutrient reduction. Um, We'll dive into this uh, specifically in a little bit, but what I want to emphasize here is that what we're asking for approval on today is to get started. You'll see there's, a, there's some funding in the first years. We want to get started in the planning process, but actual construction will start later in the plan and will go beyond the 10-year window. And then one more um, big driver in our 20-year plan, not necessarily in our 10-year plan, but in our 20-year plan is the Southeast Outfall. Um, what's represented here is only $80 million for planning and environmental review, and then design and construction are actually outside of this time horizon, outside of the 10-year plan into the 20-year plan. And the effort there was, part of the effort there was to try and balance that with the potential uh, nutrient project. Okay, next, we have a um, slide showing our appropriation of our fiscal year 24-25 capital budget. Um, it shows it divided up by enterprise priorities. And we can see from the slide that the first year is actually trending down from the previous year. Um, we can also see that SSIP makes up the majority of our requested appropriation for the upcoming fiscal year with a request of, with a request of roughly $238 million, followed by uh, R&R projects at $153 million, and then facilities and Treasure Island projects with a total of $102 million, respectively. Um, now I'll move on to discussing a couple of the important projects included in this year's iteration of the 10-year plan. A couple of notes before we get started on these two projects, though. Um, both are big projects, both have big numbers attached to them, and neither one of them are a fully planned project at this point. Um, what they are is critical needs for us to address within the next 20 years. They represent our need to invest in the environmental stewardship as a leader in industry in, face, in the face of these unprecedented challenges in our environment. Um, the effects of these changes we felt for generations and now is the time to act on them. Our first project we'll talk about is our nutrient removal project. Uh, the impact to the 10-year plan is 1.1, uh, almost 1.2 million, and the total proposed uh, project budget is 1.4 million. The intent is to reduce the nutrient loading in the San Francisco Bay, as it's one of the pressing, one of the most pressing water quality issues that's currently facing our region. 
And while we know that climate change um, is influencing the algae blooms events that happen in the bay, we can't deny that nitrogen discharges from the treatment plants are a contributing factor. So from the slide, we can see, uh, the, from the image on the slide, we can see um, the trajectory of the algae bloom that occurred in August of 2022. Intensity started across the bay, but soon moved uh, west to our side of the bay, and then progressed southward eventually. We see this as, uh, as an opportunity, though, to change the narrative and reinforce our commitment to water quality, carrying on the longstanding tradition of San Francisco values for a clean and healthy environment. As we started programming this budget, we knew that in order to be transparent uh, within our 10-year capital plan for the commission and ratepayers, we need to have at a minimum a placeholder for nutrient removal project. This is consistent with our vision to plan beyond the 10-year horizon for our system needs, uh, for our system needs and for our rate studies. Uh, various technologies and scenarios were considered. We looked at how nitrogen loads are changing, giving the water usage, the population growth, the uh, changing demographics of that population within the of that population growth within the city, and we also took a holistic look at our plant processes and how the nutrient load will change post completion of the BDFP project. Uh, the purpose, again, the purpose of this effort was not to come up with a full blown project at this point. Um, we needed to confirm that we have real options that can be implemented within the footprint of our southeast June plant. We settled on this dollar amount for the project, or for the proposed project in the 10-year and, and beyond planned uh, based on multiple conversations with SFPU staff and clean finance, infrastructure, wastewater, and our executive teams. So again, what we're seeking approval for today is to take the next steps in this process, to carry the work forward that, uh, to carry the work forward that was already done and look at all possibilities and come up with a defined project over the next two years. Of course, funding will be challenging for this project, but as always, we will work closely with our financial teams and move as we move forward to ensure that we're doing all we can to target low-interest loans, grants, and other, uh, and, and other ways to ensure that we're strategically leveraging our debt with current market conditions. Finally, we acknowledge that this is a regional problem, but we need to acknowledge that as one of the largest utilities discharging into the Bay, we need to be a leader in this area and set an example for generations to come. So that's it for nutrients for now. Uh, the next project we have we want to highlight is our south uh, southeast outfall. So this project, uh, this this asset or the project, sorry, the proposed project, the impact of the ten-year plan at this point is eighty million, um, and then the the proposed projected budget of the total um, project would be two point nine million. And just a reminder, the the majority of that is outside of the ten-year capital plan and in the in the long-term 20-year horizon. Um, there's, there's also a current CIP project underway right now to do a um, comprehensive condition assessment and then potentially perform as needed repairs to get us through that 10-year window. Uh, the long-term need is to replace the outfall um, to ensure reliable operations of our southeast plant. Uh, this Critical asset conveys fully treated effluent flows from our, our southeast plant 800 feet into the bay. Uh, this plant processes approximately 80% of the city's sewage. Uh, built in the 1950s, these two pipes travel uh, from our booster pump station across Eslias Creek, uh, parallel to the Third Street Bridge, and then turn east and travel out under Pier 80 before eventually discharging into the bay. 
Since the 1950s, we've performed various levels of inspections and rehab, with the most recent one being a, a temporary bypass pipe installed in 2019. <clears throat> what we're asking for approval on this plan is to initiate a plan environmental review for the eventual replacement of the entire outfall. The actual price of the project will eventually be updated, but our for here is for transparency to allow, to allow our staff to begin planning this difficult project. Uh, SFPUC has been working with other city and federal partners on a long-term waterfront adaptation plan for sea level rise, and these plans could present uh, opportunities for the Southeast Outfall Project to align with those plans. Okay, finally, the uh, last section, sorry, the last section of our presentation will get, um, will highlight some of the um, current projects that are underway right now. First project we'll look at is the Southeast uh, Plant Biosolids Digester Project, or the BDFP. The current impact to the 10-year plan is the to the tune of 300 million. Um, the, the proposed project budget is um, 2.6 million total. Cost, cost increase is due uh, currently to market conditions such as single bidder outcomes and higher material costs. Construction of the digester tanks and solids solids pre solid pretreatment building and dewatering buildings are underway and construction is about 45% complete. All major trade bid packages have been procured and buyout of major facilities has been completed. By now, each of you have had an opportunity to tour this project and have seen the great progress that it has made. The benefit to our processes at our largest plant, Southeast, will be significant once this project comes online a few years down the road. It'll have a substantial positive effect on the community in terms of odor control, just as it has had a substantial positive effect on the local community by surpassing local hiring goals. Uh, this year is actually a milestone for the project, as it will be the peak of construction activity on the site. And as we move forward towards the final build-out, um, again, bid climate and material costs have resulted in higher than anticipated bids, uh, in particular for electrical, mechanical, and uh, metalworking packages. Next project we will highlight is the Folsom Area Stormwater Improvements. Um, the impact to the 10-year plan is to the tune of 110 million. The proposed entire project uh, budget is 430 million. Um, the cost increase reflects the latest design estimates due to higher costs and additional time needed to address complexity of the upcoming construction of the tunnel and the large sewer boxes. Uh, the scope of work has been divided into four separate construction contracts, and um, the project helps meet the San Francisco Bay Regional Water Control Control Board cleanup and abatement order. The purpose of this project is to increase the stormwater conveyance of the uh, combined sewer system in the neighborhood around 17th and Folsom Streets in the Mission District and to mitigate flooding in an underserved area of San Francisco. The conveyance capacity increases will allow the system to meet the wastewater levels of service goals by controlling, by controlling and mitigating flows uh, from a storm of a three-hour duration that delivers 1.3 inches of rain. Next project is the Lower Alamany project. Uh, this has no financial impact to the 10-year CIP, 
um, the approved overall budget is no, no change, I should say, no, not no impact, but no change, um, but the approved project budget is 300 million. Uh, design and environmental review are underway, and the scope includes construction of a sewer tunnel and other sewer improvements to provide stormwater storage and conveyance. And again, this project also helps meet San Francisco Bay, the San Francisco Bay Regional Water Control Board cleanup and abatement order. The lower Alamany area surrounding the 101-280 interchange has been susceptible to recurring flooding uh, associated with moderate to heavy rainstorms and does not meet the, defined, the current defined level of SSIP level of service goals. This project includes constructing a 10-foot diameter underground pipe uh, to convey stormwater away from the lower Alamany area and mitigate flooding in another underserved area of San Francisco. Finally, um, we'll highlight our green infrastructure uh, implementation. Again, the impact to the 10-year budget is, is no change here, um, and the proposed total budget is 100 million. Um, what this slide does represent, though, is an update to our approach on capturing GI projects in our capital plan. Um, so what we'll be doing is repackaging the green infrastructure projects that are currently approved in the 10-year CIP. Um, and then starting next fiscal year, green infrastructure projects will be scoped by um, overall performance, establishing a, a local, establishing total drainage mark management area goals. Uh, and then together with the green infrastructure planning project, this project aims to deliver 65 acres of drainage management area managed by green infrastructure within the next 10 years. The changes in the budgeting structure for the 10-year CIP for green infrastructure limitations based on extensive lessons learned in the past 10 years. The uh, approach provides PUC the flexibility to leverage mature project partnerships and find the most beneficial projects. In the uh, past, in the past 10 years, we implemented GI projects based upon geography and construction, instructing one GI project per watershed to demonstrate and evaluate GI technologies in a variety of conditions. This new approach pivots from a list of GI project opportunities per watershed to a more performance-based strategy that allocates capital dollars for specific projects only when they become available for implementation, um, and then they only become when they become available for implementation. The objective of the strategy is to ensure that all major planning functions are complete before projects are listed in the CIP and assigned to a project manager. WOE's goals with these projects is to deliver the highest possible value uh, per rate dollar um, with stormwater management projects that also deliver aesthetic, ecological, and urban design benefits to San Francisco's parks, schools, and streets. And with that, that is our capital program. So that concludes our presentation for today, um, and we'll open it up for more questions. So thank you, um, Mr. Proud. There is so much um, for the materials and, and your presentation. Um, the beauty of the budget process is often, you know, um, as a factor in democracy is that we get to see, you know, where we're at and where we're going, you know, all put together because that's what we're here to do it also the second part is we also get to revisit what we've been approving and looking at and um, um, and been seeing you know every two weeks uh, during this year and last year and and uh, so it all ties things up together so thanks for um, putting that together and as we did in your first half of the presentation there I assume there will be comments and and questions so thank you let's start with uh, Commissioner Maxwell 
that the um, that the uh, Southeast Bay outfall was a difficult project. What makes it difficult? So number one, um, the Southeast outfall. This is for this. This is our main, um, our only effluent um, pipe for the Southeast treatment plant. The complexity comes from the location of where the effluent is now, where the pipe is now. It crosses over the Slice Creek and goes under the under the pier, so there's multiple jurisdictions. It's also a very big pipe. Um, we are looking at potentially realigning that um, so that we don't have to cross the creek anymore. And we're also looking at upsizing it so that um, we can handle the full capacity of the southeastern plant even during wet weather flows. Because currently during wet weather flows, we actually discharge treated sewage into the um, into the Isla's Creek once our uh, booster station is at capacity. So that's that kind of adds to the complexity of the potential project. Okay, so affluent. So so the affluent goes into the Isla's Creek. So and right now, all effluent after. from the plant during wet, during dry weather, a normal day like today, is going out through the booster station, through the pipes, out into the bay, 800 feet. Um, but the plant can treat more than that boost, that pump station can pump through those pipes. So once it comes to capacity, which is... <laughs> one, I, I thought it was 110, but 130, um, so I didn't say 110. Um, 130 MGD, then that, that whatever is ex in excess of that up to 200, 265 that we can treat through the plant gets uh, discharged into the creek. So potentially when we rebuild this um, pump station and outfall, we could upsize that to handle all that. Oh, that's good. All right, and then, um, so we have two years for the nutrients. So in that two years before the the plan or your start planning. What happens now? Now, uh, we, and what are we doing to to lessen our load? So we don't have two years <laughs> for oh. planning. We, we're, our proposal is to initiate planning right now. Okay. And that's the, we have money set aside in the two-year appropriation for that, exactly the, the planning process to kick off officially. All right, so what are we doing in between that? What are we in doing between with? that, so we've done various pilot projects at the plant. Um, mm -hmm. We did one earlier this year with the split stream. Um, we concluded that pilot, and now we're actually initiating a second pilot with them using some uh, some existing infrastructure to modify that to mm -hmm. treat the F, the uh, the centrate effluent out of our solid side. So it's yes. a, uh, a side stream treatment. So it's not our full stream treatment, but a side stream treatment. So we're going to be piloting that technology too. So that's what we're doing today um, as far as boots on the ground. And then again, today we're also going to start the planning process for this eventual project to treat the mainstream uh, effluent from the plant so that everything coming out of the plant gets treated for nitrogen reduction. Okay, so will this nutrient reduction um, produce any recycled water? There's options for that. Again, this is what we're going to what we're going to dive into in the next couple of years. Um, so I can't make a commitment today to say yes or no on any technology. What we're doing, though, is evaluating um, scenarios just like that, though. Oh, so, so there's there the potential. I will so say there is the that potential. potential. Yes. Um. Yep. Hi, everyone. Uh, good morning. Laura Bush, Deputy Chief Financial Officer. In addition to the technical work and planning work that the engineers will do on this project, the finance team and the external affairs team are also going to be working really hard on trying to figure out how we best finance this project. Right now in the capital plan, we're being as transparent as possible, but the, all of the costs right now fall on SFPEC ratepayers. We are working now and we have some time before the project really starts to ramp up to try and offset that cost somehow. Um, 
some options we have right now is this is not just a San Francisco issue, this is a regional issue. Um, it's facing other utilities in the region. Um, so we are exploring ways in which we can work together with regional partners and potentially get non-ratepayer funds, such as federal grants, things like that, um, to try and offset the burden on the ratepayers here. So that's something we will be, will be doing alongside the technical planning work that's being done in infrastructure and wastewater. Great, excellent, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and then with the Alamany, Lower Alamany and the Big Pipe, I mean, I remember there was a lot that we went through. Um, we, didn't, we were looking at green infrastructure maybe to help with that problem. So does the citywide green infrastructure um, include the Alamany project? You, you mentioned that. Um, so the Alamany project will, is not specifically a green infrastructure project. I understand but, that, but in tandem with the big pipe, we talked about also being able to use green infrastructure as well. Can you expand on that, Bessie, or? If, if I might. Uh, Commissioner, and I'll let uh, Sarah come up and, and talk about it. Uh, but as you recall, we made a proposal about replacing the pipe right. with a green infrastructure alternative that, unfortunately, the water board did not, um, uh, they, wanted the, they, they wanted the pipe. Yes. Uh, they did not approve the green infrastructure. Right. But uh, that does not mean that we have given up on involving green infrastructure in as as a tool and we talked about that the 65 acres of of, of um, uh, green infrastructure management but I'm going to let Sarah talk a little bit more did I I got that right did I not Sarah? yes okay exactly right um, Sarah Minnick urban watershed planning uh, wastewater um, thanks for the question yes as our general manager just stated although Could you speak a little uh, oh, yeah thank is you. this better yes, yes. yeah um, when the regional board uh, decided to go with the pipe option, we then you know, were not able to integrate the green infrastructure in the way that we had analyzed into that project per se. So that 300 million is for the pipe alone. However, we are still looking at green infrastructure opportunities to reduce stormwater in that watershed. Um, they'll just be outside of that 300 million and we're working hard to um, do that with partners like our colleagues at MTA so that when we invest money and they invest money, hopefully we amplify each other's investments to deliver more benefits to the public in our streets in that watershed. And that's, that's what we're working towards, but it's outside of that project. So then the citywide green infrastructure impact to 10-year budget will include looking into the Alamany, lower Alamany and that project correct and we'll do that with um, three different partners that we're looking to deliver the multiple benefits with and that's mainly with our mta colleagues our sfusd colleagues and our rec park colleagues so that we're really looking at spots where we can benefit kids at schools folks at parks and people experiencing the urban realm the public realm and so we're doing that in the Alamany watershed Good. we also have um, a big focus in our Bayview watersheds right now through the lens of our um, equity piece and mm -hmm. saying where do we get started first excellent all right thank you thank you thank you that's it for me for right now thank you Commissioner Jami uh, I was actually wanted to ask about the water board not letting us do the green infrastructure piece. Uh, is there any clarification of why and how and all that? 
Ron Flynn, Deputy General Manager. Um, yes, we had proposed when the, when the order was first entered, we included a request that we could come back with an alternative plan. The order was to build the pipe. The request was that we come back and we show them what we could do instead of a pipe. When we did that, we went back. They didn't say, no, you can't do it. They said, it must be done on this date. We will not move the date by which the project must meet to be done. We could not do CEQA and planning and implementation in that time frame. So the, the no was no, we will not move out the date for you to do green infrastructure. The no was no, we, the no was on, on a timing. The only project that was through CEQA going up and implementation plan was the pipe. And it was their way of saying, and we talked to them about it, um, they didn't want to say no to green infrastructure, but they were not going to give us the time to do it. And so we are working with them to do green infrastructure, just as you said, and you said, in places in addition to the pipe. So the pipe will be there, and then they would like to work with us to do green infrastructure mm -hmm. in other locations in addition, but not instead. I'm very surprised, but... Um and disappointed, to be honest with you, um, knowing how. Um, when I was on regional board, we actually were trying to, I mean, of, of course, we are a combined system, which is different from everybody else in the state. Um, but the whole uh, managing stormwater, a lot of the focus was on using green infrastructure as a first layer of dealing with stormwater. So it's kind of like... Um, anyway, I'm quite disappointed to hear that. Um, that timing was the reason that they didn't let us do this. Um, I think my line of questioning is along the same. But Go to ahead, be clear, yes. uh, Commissioner Jami, as I think you've, I, I think as we've gotten, we were all disappointed with that, but it has not lessened our commitment to continue to want to use green uh, infrastructure where we can. So. It, it, as, we're as disappointed as you were that, that they wouldn't move the timing, but it hasn't lessened our commitment, as, and as Sarah talked about, we're continuing, we will be continuing, oh, we are continuing yeah, yeah. on all those efforts. Absolutely, and I'm not saying we are not, I'm just like disappointed, and I will make sure when I see my colleagues yeah. on the other side, um, we'll bring this up uh, many, many times to annoy them, um, and make sure they don't do that again. Um, but. <coughs> I think my line of questioning, uh, and, and one other thing I want to say is, uh, Ms. Menick, you mentioned the whole collaboration with MTA and other city agencies, and I know you and a few other people have been trying to kind of create this uh, opportunity to aggregate funding and resources and build multi-benefit projects, and I want to highlight that and say how much I personally appreciate all that effort because it is going to, uh, to be the way forward, dealing with the issues around climate change, um, uh, sort of diversifying resources, and also addressing some of the um, uh, you know, social environmental equity issues that we are facing. So um, thank you for all your efforts on that topic. Um, anyway, my line on questioning was very much aligned to Commissioner Maxwell, but maybe I ask it differently. Um, when I see the nutrient reduction and I see the, um, uh, the outfall station replacement, uh, outfall the NSCP booster uh, replacement, I'm thinking, how does one impact the other? And especially thinking, 
what we will do in the nutrient side eventually will impact the size, the functioning, and the format that the pipe needs to be potentially, right? And um, so uh, I'm wondering if some of that thinking is going uh, through, I'm assuming it is, but I'm just wondering if you can clarify if you guys are thinking yeah. Yeah, how sure. these two are talking to each other. Yeah, so that's... that's that kind of that, that's why both these products are in their infancy right now and in the planning stage because we can look for alignments like that. You know, we talked about the potential for um, recycled water to be involved, and so that would yes lessen the flows going through the outfall pipe at a certain times. So, looking for synergies like that—that's the intent of the project at this point. What we're looking for a pool for is to move those thoughts forward and evaluate those solutions over the next couple of years. So, yeah, and just I know you all know this, but basically since the uh, there are a lot, all the water agencies in the peninsula beyond us are looking into recycling, right? And, um, and since the uh, purified water regulations or direct portable reuse regulations have come down, now some of those projects that were on, uh, they're mothballed, now they're just like trying to figure out how fast they can move. And almost every board of directors uh, in the peninsula and the South Bay is looking pushing and looking into getting more recycled water in their portfolio. Now, not all of it is going to happen, and we don't know what capacity they are going to build, but ultimately that is going to impact the conditions you're experiencing in a bay um, seriously. And I know we are talking to others. I know the regional board is following everybody's actions. Um, I think... We do need to have a little bit more um, focused discussion with uh, not just the um, uh, POWs, um, but also, uh, sorry, the wastewater treatment plants, but also the, um, the water agencies Freshwater, yeah. to figure out what is going on and how this map, math is going to work out. Um, so... Uh, that's something to sort of think about. Um, I don't think beyond us, and um, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think beyond us and uh, East Bay Mud, anybody else is part of that um, uh, smart infrastructure effort. I think we are the only two. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm I, I, yeah, yeah. For the Bay Area, yes. For the, for the Bay, Bay Area, area that's yes. Right. Yeah, for yes. California's others. Um, so... We potentially need to have another venue through which we collaborate with the other ones. And I'm no, I know we are trying to talk to them, and I don't know how. Uh, what's the best strategy, but we somehow need to come, with a, come up with a strategy. Um, and then again, ultimately, it's going to impact how we are designing this outfall. And I know the timing doesn't perfectly match, but we have to somehow um, try to see what we can do. And I would say also... Whatever happens upstream with green infrastructure and the changes we are seeing is going to impact that. In, and also on-site reuse is going to impact everything. Yep. Um, so some system-level thinking needs to happen within the city, outside of the city, around the bay. Um, and I think I would, I personally, um, and I you know, I, obviously I speak for myself, not the entire commission. I would prefer we spend more time up front thinking about these things, thinking about strategies, thinking about partnerships, thinking about um, systematic impacts 
test, coming up with scenarios, building this collaboration rather than four years down the road coming back and saying, oh, this and that didn't work out. And I do acknowledge things go many different directions when you start a project. I'm not saying it's going to be a perfect smooth lining, but, um, but I would rather we spend the time um, and go through this. And if that means that we have to negotiate with waterboard, we will negotiate with waterboard. If we have to do this and that, we have to do it, we'll do it. But ultimately, I'd rather to spend that extra time ahead of time rather than keep going back and trying to increase the budget or time or um, change the design. Yeah. No, thank, thank you. Commissioner Rivera. Uh, thank you. Um, I just had um, a question regarding, um, I know that you had mentioned uh, during your appropriation of uh, capital plan page that um, there's some funding going towards Treasure Island. And I just wanted to know, um, maybe get an update on um, the wastewater treatment plant, plant that's going out there. I mean, I drive by the Bay yeah. Bridge every once in a while, and I know that the buildings are going up, and you know things are progressing. I'm going to break next speed. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. They're really the uh, tide is really doing a great job. So I'm just wondering, um, in terms of forecasting, you know, potential issues and uh, maybe uh, financially, is there anything? Yeah. Can you talk to that, Bessie? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Good morning, Commissioners. Bessie Tam, Director for Wastewater Capital Program. Uh, yes, for the Treasure Island uh, project, so we, this is a progressive design build project. So they are doing both design, completing a lot of the design component, while the contractor is also taking advantage of the time to do like demolition and advanced work that they're doing. So as you mentioned, this is um, progressing very quickly. They are doing both. We, we actually had a, a groundbreaking um, sometime last year on some of the demolition work while they are proceeding into the design phase. So they are you know, moving fast in terms of a lot of the components into even 95% design. Yeah. All right. um, and, and do you feel like we're um, progressing at a, at, you know, um, I mean, I, I know a lot of our other projects are, are, you know, having issues and I'm just wondering, cause that, that's a pretty, um, um, you know, unique area, you know, to be on an island, et cetera, getting materials out there. So, um, I just wanted to get kind of an overall feel of, uh, where we're at in terms of uh, the progress and moving forward. And do you, do you see any, uh, potential problems coming up, um, financially or, Otherwise. Not not at this time. I mean, as with any construction project, um, any project that is you know in progress, there are always um, issues and risk. Right, mm -hmm. that's just the nature of the beast. Um, my understanding from the project team is that you know they are facing s similar um, issues with material cost increases. Uh, however, because this is a guarantee maximum price project, um, they are working closely with the contractor and the design building team to discuss those issues and find creative solutions. So at this time, um, that's my understanding, is that you know, they are not projecting um, any major changes that has a really you know, significant impact that we're seeing in some of the other projects with a different um, delivery system. So I think we, we feel pretty good about our progress. We feel that we are working very well with the entire team, the design builder and the, um, the designers um, on that project. Beautiful, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
Commissioner Stacy. Thank you. Uh, I just had a couple of follow-up comments. I, I really uh, appreciate the sort of ongoing efforts with green in infrastructure around the Alamany project. I remember when staff presented um, the project to us, it, it, it was really clear that all of that planning effort for the green infrastructure was not in vain and that the department would continue to pursue those kinds of projects in the area, even though the regional board wasn't willing you know, to stop and wait for um, those plans to take sort of firmer shape. I also uh, really appreciate the focus on the ability of green infrastructure to sort of amplify what the PUC does, that it, it helps in so many ways with, with flooding, with um, what enters the system, how it's, how it's treated, how it needs to be treated, and it, it's a really um, important focus, um, both now and in the future. I, I, I'm gonna circle back to the Southeast outfall again. I, I see that as a, an incredibly complicated um, issue with many different um, layers of complexity. I noted in your slide that you said that it was part of the waterfront adaptation strategy, which means there will be plenty of uh, port input, city input uh, on many levels, and we just saw the Ocean Beach um, Resiliency Project, how complicated and extensive that effort was. I, I also want to emphasize um, the hope that we look at things like recycling. Um, it's both a water issue and a wastewater issue and the health of the bay. We hear from Baykeeper a lot um, through correspondence, uh, they, they think recycling is a good alternative to um, address the health of the bay, and I, I hope that that will be a big part of your planning process. I, I know it already is part of the alternative water um, supply report. So I, I think you, we've got a, a big lift uh, in front of us on the southeast outfall and so many different kinds of issues to think about as that planning and design process goes through, and I, I, I appreciate that it's a, it's a very long-term project and that it will be very important in addressing lots of issues for the city and the bay. And I, I and agree 100%. That's why we want to get this project going now. You know, it will take a long time to plan out eventual construction down the road, but there's a lot of very complex issues to work through. And again, we have an interim project to, to mitigate the risk currently, and then that's the objective, though, is to start planning that process because there are a lot of overarching, um, yeah. overarching difficulties in that area. Thank you. Commissioner Maxwell. This is going to be quick, but I just hope as you look at the um, nutrients and the projects that you're looking at, that if they can produce recycled water, um, that that would kind of be higher on the list since it's part of alternative water supply and all of that. Thank you. Yes, noted. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, more comments, questions? That being said, um, why don't we open this up to um, public uh, comment? And starting with um, Donna, can you uh, go through the, the rules? Because I know we have some uh, remote requests. Correct. Do we have any members of the public present in the room to provide comment on item four? Please come to the microphone. See none. Um, uh, can we ask our moderator to please open up the 
um, remote comment line to our remote speaker. Speaker, you have two minutes. Hello, my name is Jennifer Vitaru. I'm a Marina resident and a mother of a two-year-old daughter, and I stood before this commission last May. I shared with you the devastation my family and our community experienced in October of 21 and December of 22, when a couple feet of sewage backed up on Marina Boulevard for the second time. My father, he's 80 years old, was on his hands and knees trying to keep our home safe from toxins coming in. I had to call 911 because there was an elderly woman stuck in a car outside our car house and she had to be rescued. First responders came to my door and they told me, do not open your door because there's sewage everywhere and it's not safe to leave your house. My family has been displaced since the second water, since the second sewage incursion. Commissioner Ajani was quick to blame climate change and thousand year storms. But we know this isn't the case as we had two surge incursions within 15 months of closing the Pierce Street outfall. Neither was a storm of a thousand years Further, if climate change is a concern, which we've talked about in this meeting today in San Francisco, then the idea of closing the Pier Street outfall should have been abandoned to allow the city to better handle storms. Based on the information obtained under the Freedom of Information Act, the PUC knew that the decision to close the Pier Street outfall would cause a sewer and sewage backup without thousand year storms and climate change. Now my neighbors and my family live in fear of rain. We have to sandbag our home every time there's precipitation. I've got sandbags at my door right now, and my neighbors have tripped over them. People have broken bones over them. The commission has an opportunity to fix the problem it created here when they decommissioned the outfall. Before we have another catastrophic event, similar to what happened in San Diego last week, I'm asking the commissioners today to add the repair of the Pier Street outfall to this year's budget for our community's health and safety. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more remote comments? Okay, no. so I see the public uh, comment is, is now ended. Um, we will, um, we have, this is the second of the two meetings. Can we read the uh, final item that we need to do to conclude to continue? Um, sorry, can I, yes. um, can I ask a question? Uh, I, I, remember, I remember we talked about that outfall. Uh, I apologize, I do not remember exactly the details. Um, can you one more time go through what happened with that outfall and we closed it? We had that conversation after the, I remember this lady specifically coming. I don't think this is a, a budget comment. Okay, yeah. but um, is that something we are working on? Uh, I couldn't get back to you. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe you can get back to us by next meeting. So. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, so that that concludes public comment in our hearing. The question. Commissioner Jami. I mean, uh, Maxwell. <laughs> thank you. Click, click. So if, if that were in the budget, um, yes. or, or ab about how, um, I guess maybe those outfalls, how would, it, how would it appear in the budget if we were dealing with that? Or I don't mm -hmm. know how it would appear. Um, uh -huh. I, I can't, I'm sorry, Is this I'm related to the budget? I, yeah, I that's why I wanted. Is, she's couching this question if it's in the budget, otherwise. To the best of my knowledge at this time, no, forward. it's not related to the budget. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. President Paulson, Commissioner Stephen Robinson, Assistant General Manager for Infrastructure. Um, within the capital budget, there is a, an element for renewal and replacement, or R&R budget, and inside that, there's always ongoing work in both our collection system pipes, but also the uh, combined sewer discharge structures that has been mentioned in the public comment today. Um, there was an extensive study looked into the Pier Street outfall, um, and we did come to the conclusion that it did not contribute to the storm in that particular case. Um, however, um, of course, we can go back and look at it again, and as we look at our system and how things change and evolve and adapt over time with new information and new science around climate change, we have to be good stewards of the infrastructure that we have, of course. So, yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, thank you. Um, as related to the budget, I think it was requested that we do look at this in uh, um, some other um, context than budget. So, that being said, Donna, can we read the... Uh, no, just a, just a moment. I mean, I, I think we did couch it, and he made it, he very much satisfied me about the budget. A, do you have a question? No, I, yes, my question okay. is, is there's, thank you. My question is, I'd like uh, uh, that Commissioner Jami has a question, and it's related to this, and I don't think you saw it because, you know, so I was just bringing it to your attention. Okay, Commissioner Jami, based on a budget question in context. So, uh, Mr. Robinson, I remember this conversation oh, from this last time. Um, uh, I'm just wondering, obviously, we are investing in our, um, uh, you know, pipes and outfalls and everything. Um, and obviously, we have to deal with a lot of different extreme issue, extreme events that are coming and going. Um, but it would be good to have something in the... Um, to have some uh, information provided to us as a commission on this specific outfall. Um, and actually, I would not say just this specific outfall. We have had this issue in other areas as well, right? Like, how do we decide about which ones live, which ones go? If one is closed, obviously, I, because of the trust I have in our staff, somebody had looked and said, there's another one that's functioning and it's even larger or we have built to function. So that's why this is closed. So it would be valuable to provide that information in a concise manner to very specific, what, how, how, did, how was that decision made? Where did that come from? And obviously it is important to highlight that in the budget there is that line item if and in case it's needed for us to make that kind of investment. So it's not like it's eliminated, it's sort of a subtask of one of the budget items that we have. Yes, happy to get back a to quick the Quick response if necessary. Happy to come back with more information as and when we can. Okay, great, thank you. That's what we wanted to hear. Okay, so thank you. I will entertain seeing that there are no other budget questions. After public comment, um, I will entertain a motion to continue this meeting till Monday, January 29th, which it will be the third of our four scheduled budget meeting. Can I entertain a motion? Can I hear a motion in a second? Uh, motion to continue special budgetary meeting for the 29th. Roll call, please. President Paulson? Aye. Vice President Rivera? Aye. Commissioner Maxwell? Aye. Commissioner Jami? Aye. Commissioner Stacy. Aye. And you have five ayes. The meeting is now adjourned or is continued until next Monday. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>